0: Podcast today will go over the notes for chapter 7 in AP US history the coming of independence so there is some review at the beginning some basic ideas that you need to remember the first is the documents that help shape what becomes the United States but also inspire the colonists to fight the revolution. You've got the Magna Carta from 1215. Uh, This is the first document that limits the power of a king. King John of England is forced to sign it. And it is the first time you see limited government, which is a very critical idea later on. You see the Petition of Right in 1628, also an English document. It also limits the power of the government and protects people who've been arrested for a crime. So it allows you due process under the law instead of being prosecuted at the whim of the king or parliament. You have the English Bill of Rights in 1689. The reason we call it the English Bill of Rights is because it's written a 100 years before our own Bill of Rights, so that's how we distinguish it. It lists a lot of the very same ideas that are in the United States Bill of Rights, specifically the first 10 amendments, and they protect things like freedom of press, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Um, So the English Bill of Rights works in a similar way. The other document is not an English document. It is the Mayflower Compact. So the pilgrims are on the Mayflower on their way to the colonies in 1620. And everyone on the boat signs a document that becomes known as the Mayflower Compact. And in it, they agree to the idea of a social contract that they, the people, will develop the government and the government is meant to protect those people and if it doesn't work they can make a new compact so these documents are all very critical later on especially what did the colonies offer people Uh, again this is review Um, there's lots of land there's no class system so if you were poor or lower middle class in england or other places in europe the colonies was a great place To come and rise up in society without the monarchy or the nobility or the land owning classes insisting that you can't possibly be the same as them the colonies also have their own governments so these documents are very influential in them putting together their own governments they could make their own laws Um, They had the ability to approve taxation. They could withhold the salaries of royal governors if they weren't doing their job. So a lot of things that we see that become very similar to what later is used to create the system we live under now. Now, the big lead-up, of course, to the Revolution is, first, the French and Indian War. Uh, This creates a lot of resentment between the British and the American colonists, and it also makes England broke. Uh, It makes France broke, too. We'll talk about that in in a later podcast. But England going broke produces this fury of taxation. So... The British are deciding without the consent of the colonists that it's okay to tax them, to tax them on everything that they need that shipped in from England. Uh, the 1764 Sugar Act taxes not just sugar, but also coffee, indigo, and wine. The colonists, of course, were not asked about this at all. The same with the Stamp Act. The Stamp Act is about having the correct stamp on your paper goods to show that you've paid the tax something that we saw in the dbq on the french and indian war we also see the quartering act also passed in 1765 which says that british soldiers can be um, can basically force you to share your home with them and provide everything that they need There's another tax in 1767, the Township Act, which places tax on glass, lead, paper, paints, and tea. Um, And all of these acts together really make the colonists not just angry, but also frustrated because they don't have the money to pay these taxes. And they don't understand why the British, who have direct access to all of the money that they get from the colonies, don't also have to pay these taxes. So the British government has not asked for permission. It's taxing the colonies, and it's not taxing the people in Britain. This leads to several heightened situations. The first is the Boston Massacre, where eight people are shot in 1770. Uh, this shooting was perpetuated by British soldiers, a.k.a. redcoats. Um, these men were tried and then found not guilty because they were trying to do their duty and it was an accident. Uh, the Boston Tea Party in 1773. This, uh, this further inflames the situation with the British because they're not just dumping tea, they're dumping other goods And these goods are worth millions of dollars in modern-day money. This leads to the Intolerable Acts, which close Boston Harbor as a reaction to the Boston Tea Party and the Quebec Act. This is also the lead-up to the first act of the American Revolution, April 19, 1775, Uh, A general is sent to seize the colonial weapons in the town of Concord. A fight ensues and the Battle of Lexington and Concord is known as the very first battle in the American Revolution. It's also known as the shot heard around the world because for the colonists to be in open conflict with the British was very controversial. So that actually happens over a year before the Declaration of Independence is finished. Uh, The primary author being Thomas Jefferson, uh, 56 signatures from people representing the colonies sent to King George primarily to tell him and the British that they believe they have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, just like other British, and that they're not consenting to the government that is put in place in front of them and if that's the case then they have the right to throw off that tyrannical government. Uh, At some point King George does try to apologize but the colonists are not hearing it. Um, There is the situation with the Olive Branch petition which is sent by a small contingent of people who were present at the signing of the Declaration of Independence in the hopes that they can avoid war and conflict, and that ends up not being the case. Then you get into the war itself. There are some critical battles here. You've got the Battle of Lexington and Concord, which is the first big battle. The Battle of Bunker Hill, which was when Washington surprises British troops, You've got the Battle of Saratoga which is a critical American victory and the first victory with the help of the French after the Marquis de Lafayette returns from France with more weapons more supplies and more soldiers and then the critical battle of course being the Battle of Yorktown in 1781 this battle should have been a British victory, but because of the help from the French and some excellent military tactics from the Marquis de Lafayette, from General Rochambeau, from George Washington, that leads to a victory. So the Battle of Yorktown is considered the last big battle in the Revolution. It's a very definitive victory. However, the, ba- the Revolution doesn't officially end until 1783 um, with the Treaty of Paris.